imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rocking about music, rock and roll, and cover power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact. They were all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Here we are. Here we are doing our thing, doing our Protonic thing. Uh, Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific, as we do Every week, protonicreversal.com for the archives. Very excited to, uh, you know, cross fingers, cross toes, be talking to uh, a rocker here. Uh, and let, let, let's see how this goes. But I, I think we, uh, I think we have, uh, we have a quitty in the house. We do. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Now I must sound amazing. Yeah, yeah, you sound fantastic. Are you just going through your phone now? I'm going to my phone. That's all I can do. <laughs> Isn't this just perfectly indicative of our technological age that we have all these things to make life easier? I have to and... say, yeah. And I still am having a hell of a time hearing you. It's just, it's really faint, but whatever. This is what we got. This is what we got indeed. Uh, Quiddy, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I'm so excited to oh talk to God. you. Thank you so much for having me. I got a lot of really interesting people. I, and you called me a living legend. You are. You're 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 legend legend of rock and roll, my friend, and you cannot well, duck the that. live the living part I had a question about. <laughs> well, you're still living, right? Not the last time I checked, so I, I appear to be. I'm coming to you live from my fabulous law offices, as you can tell from <laughs> these learned books behind me. The law offices of rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a rock and roll law office. <laughs> yeah, the rock and roll lawyer here for you tonight, baby. <laughs> uh, man, uh, it's so great to have you. I, I, I was going to say we might as well start things off with uh, talking about the incredible why are we doing this documentary uh, about touring? Because I, I felt personally that you were, uh, along with Hosey, of course, credit where credit's due, uh, one of the highlights of it, so a highlight for me, a highlight for my heart. Anyway, that uh, I really like enjoyed all your. I think I think folks call it rock on touring. I don't know if that's the exact term, but uh, you know the storytelling, and that's just a really awesome. That's just a really awesome movie. Like I think it did a really great job of showing what it's like to be on tour. You know, and the 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 glory, the power. The ridiculousness. Oh, yeah. The power of the smells, the fury. <laughs> All of them. Where it, it, the, the thing that it really did a good job of showing was what it's like to be in a, like, in a band that's not all that. You know what I mean? A band that, like, maybe doesn't get guarantees or deli trays, you know? It's, you know, there's a little silkworm. There's a little Albini, you know? 
Oh, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. It, it mostly it was it was just our level, your middling band that's um, you know working at it. You know, depend. You have to. We had to define success in our own terms because the the actual kind wasn't working for us. And to me, that's what made it special because that story had not been told. Uh, because... Yeah, totally. I didn't realize that myself. I was really. I mean, you know, we all we have like friends that have made movies and stuff, and it's like you learn not to. You know, like ah, oh, yeah, my my friend's making a movie, and uh, you know, I don't expect too much. But Eric really knocked it out of the park. Absolutely, yeah. And I was, I was very excited. I was. This is. I, I don't always say this aloud, but I will because you're on the show, Quiddy. Is that I was like, oh, it's the first documentary I didn't get cut out of. <laughs> hey, you know, we might have that in common. I, people would tell me they saw me in the Carp movie, but uh, I don't know. I, I I don't remember actually appearing if you were there it was probably very brief i would say uh and yeah they saw my name at the end or something right right <laughs> yeah but it's funny i i'm actually in the cart movie at the very end but it's a show the whips playing uh, right. at the 40 street warehouse and i saw it at one two three four go on a cement floor thanks for the cushions one two three four go and that was a surreal feeling to be in like a very i love one two three four go but a very gentrified neighborhood that used to be like you know lawless punk rock stuff where it's like oh that was a block that way and like that was like a different world in a different time uh so hey, that Jordan, hang on a second i'm gonna try to like get the podcast the live one up on my uh computer so i could hear you better oh man there's gonna be some this might be a turn your radio down sir moment but uh yeah you you need to be able to hear correctly so yeah i know like, <laughs> that, it might cause an echo or some feedback first time or long time i just uh want to say <laughs> what i want to say doesn't work i'm ooh, going live soon I, I think the brewers are uh just uh you know it's a hell of a team this year and uh <laughs> You are in Milwaukee, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was just struggling to think of any sports reference because I'm not much of a sporty guy. But I was like, oh, the Brewers. I know that one. That's, That's too bad. You know, Seattle now has a hockey team, and I was all excited about that. But it turns out, like, walking, watching hockey like on television is kind of dull. <laughs> it's it's not like it is in Britain. Person, it's like exactly. you, you see the teeth flying. You know, so exactly. that's exactly. It's a, it's the polar opposite of what it's like in person. Right. Exactly. And it's like, so much of this, like, of the oldening that's happening to us is, like, I, I have a pretty big TV, but I'm still squinting at the screen, just like, where's the puck? I can't see you. What is this? Eh? Did anybody score? Why do they talk so quiet? Why don't they speak up? <laughs> but I like your brewers. <laughs> yeah, I you like do, Milwaukee, actually. You can do it. Milwaukee's a hell of a town. I actually know, so I'm from Oakland, but I know Milwaukee through touring. So I yes, actually exactly when I say I like Milwaukee, it's due to my like my real cursory knowledge of the place. But I like all those like from touring, all those like Midwest burnout cities that no longer really have an industry that makes them thrive. Although people still drink beer, so I don't know what Milwaukee. Yeah, is. Milwaukee's doing okay. It's no uh, like Dubuque where there's just like oh, all hope is lost. The freeway right. like went somewhere else now, and uh, you know, all love to Dubuque as well. But oh yeah, or Pittsburgh for that matter. I mean, they don't make love steel, Pittsburgh but... too. But yeah, yeah, it's it's harsh toke. It's like oh, what's your chief export? Alcoholism. Cool. All right. It is now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a harsh, harsh realm, as they say. Uh, so. 
so we're talking about why are we doing this? Of course, we're talking about Eric's movie. This is the documentary about touring that's uh, not necessarily bands that you know, but maybe bands that you should know. And what I liked best about it, and I, I wonder if you agree with this, is that I think that its strength is it isn't about any specific band, but it's about all bands. And that's that's a hard beam to sort of walk, right? Because you wanted you want to be representative, you want to make it something worth watching, you want to make it entertaining. But it's not really about any one band, and I think that's therein lies its brilliance. And would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. And it, it really is hard to capture all the, you know, I remember coming home from really shitty tours and, and you know, throwing my shit on the bed and going to my girlfriend, just fucking, that was the worst time I have ever had. That sucked. I don't ever want to talk about it again. And she'd go, well, what was so bad about it? And I really couldn't put it into words because it's so like <laughs> day in, day out, um, you know, like you just cannot get four or five people to all be on the same page ever. I mean, that was, that was an early tour too, where I could have had a, you know, like with what I know now could have had a better approach to it. It's like, now I know I, I got just, better and better at touring until I was too old to play rock and roll anymore, but I was real good at touring. <laughs> do, do you think that's a thing, like being too old to play rock and roll? I mean, nobody informed Keith Richards no. or Angus Young or any of them. No, I'm glad to not have to carry amps, but I, I'm not too old to play it at all. <laughs> you know, that, and that that is the most... Uh, you hit on something that's like one of the most important things that when people were like, Oh, why don't you tour anymore? I'm like, I just got really sick of carrying amplifiers upstairs. Yes. <laughs> the last time I saw um, big business in Seattle and I was hanging out with Jared and I'm looking around at all their stuff and I go, do you have roadies? I don't know why I thought they'd have roadies. I mean, they, you know, but it, it was just like, it occurred to me, like I was in law school then and just from like, carrying books around every day my back was just killing me and and uh jared like he's like no we don't have roadies i'm still like doing all this shit and like you can do that huh because like i don't know if i could still do it um yeah it's not my favorite part no. <laughs> i mean it's nobody's favorite part I, I i will say that um well first of all i will say i'm, I'm very dusty looking so apologies for the video viewers i didn't realize i was looking so ratty it looks like i just came off a job site but i also will say it's goddamn 11 degrees in this basement so if you don't like it go find another Wait, podcast say that again? it's 11 degrees down here right now so i'm wearing a heavy it sweatshirt is? yeah yeah yeah. No, it's milwaukee's chilly as fuck right now uh, oh i'm sorry seven degrees so seven it, okay it went down while you were talking yeah, yeah, yeah while we were talking yeah. um so apologize for the rattiness. I have to now, now that I'm doing the like video to this as well, like I, I should probably, like I go on other shows and I like dress up and get super zazz and I'm like, I'm like, oh. The rattiness is all on me for, for having to do this from my phone because I couldn't figure out how to plug a mic in. Well, I mean, I appreciate you taking the punch for that, but I mean, you're very well dressed. Again, we've, as we've established, you're in the, in the, rock, the law offices of rock and roll. Oh, uh, sure. That's because I've been in a courtroom today. That's awesome. As a lawyer, <laughs> which time. which I was gonna ask if you wanted to talk about that or not. Cause I think that's fascinating. Um, but <laughs> fascinating, are we? No, sometimes it is. Actually, like the the best part of having this job now is like having the stories to tell. Although you know, so much you got to keep under wraps too. Yeah. So, 
how how did you come to that? And and I ask because like a lot of times, even when it's folks that are still touring, if it's folks that don't just are they aren't bands for a living. That they, they there's something else they do to pay the bills. And I I think there are other shows that kind of adequately pull that off. But I also just think it's interesting because it's the whole person as well. So when did you? make the decision did you always know you wanted to do that like at some point uh, no I, like I, it was the it was the opposite it was it was um you know i always like kind of feared that you know living in i was living in olympia washington at the time and it, yeah. it was um and i lived there for 20 years and olympia like kind of conspires to keep you pretending to be 23 for <laughs> your whole life and, yeah and i had this fear that i would wake up or I'd come to, and I would just be on my bar stool in the uh, the Brotherhood or, or the foyer or whatever Bro. bar I was hanging out in then, and and I'd be forty, and going, oh fuck, it happened. I'm like here I am, um, the scene as it were has like passed me by. There's a new scene. There was a day I went into a um, a coffee shop, in the summer, and I asked the the girl working behind the counter whether she'd been swimming that summer and she said oh yeah we have this place it's called punk lake i can't tell you where it is oh. and it just cracked me up that like that now there's a punk lake and they won't tell me where it is right that, that says it all man you're, so, you're an outsider to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like oh the punk, i mean there used to be like 10 punks and like you know you didn't have to keep secrets because this thing just wasn't that big yeah. but you know, like the kids are here now and I am no longer one of them. And, um, I, you know, I, I worried that I would just wind up um, like just having never done anything useful and, uh, you know, just trying to entertain myself a little bit of every day and being 40. And that's pretty much what happened. And um, so around that time, I, I like I look around and I'm like, OK, trying to play music see i started like valuing recording more than touring and nobody else felt that way and um <laughs> i i'm always looking for a roommate yeah. and uh you know like always just hand to mouth working your wage job i was working in a bookstore i loved the bookstore but you know couldn't couldn't live on it and i was so tired of being so poor and and not like really accomplishing anything I wanted to do with music. I felt like I was getting better at it, but was not like getting any thing that was going to sustain me out of it. So I resolved to keep my antenna up and keep my eyes and ears open for the next step. And I had a friend that, that um, a rock and roll friend that, that went to law school. It was a little more in his family. And when he came back to Olympia and he was working, it was, um, I, I don't know. To him, it was just a means to an end. He just wanted something for not have to, to do. Care. But I thought it was all really fascinating, even the nuts and bolts. And I just decided that that might be the thing. And and he said, I asked him, you know, like, do you think that I could handle that? And he said, Yeah, I have no no doubt that intellectually or, or you know constitutionally or whatever that you can handle it. Your lifestyle, though, has to like a hundred percent change. Um, you know, no more you know, like just what you do now. I mean, it was still like I don't know, like, having a girlfriend that's too young and always living in the drama and yeah. being poor and creating a, like unconsciously probably like creating problems and big scenes because you don't have anything else to think about. Um, 
I just decided, I just made a, a decision that I was going to proceed towards that goal. It could have been something else, but that was the one that I decided on. And I, just out of a sense that I had something more to offer the world than some pursuit of my ego. Well, and so, so you knew that there had to be a change of some kind. There, there, something had sorry. something had to change. There needed to be a that change of some kind. Yeah, uh, and why not? Was it was, was it so like the why not? Are you are you happy? Uh, you know, like plugging along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's the question that I think a lot of folks. You know, it, it, it's if you <laughs> let's go back to the documentary. Why am I doing this? Right? There's a lot of why am I doing this moments. In yeah, here. we answered it in two hours. Long <laughs> right? <form>. Exactly. <laughs> It's like, why am I doing this? Let me give you an essay question answer. (laughs) But, uh, you know, some folks find value to continue doing it, but in a different way, like either in a reduced way or in a way that just, you know, is less the horrendous parts of it and maybe like the risky parts of it. Um, And some folks kind of drop out of it. I mean, like I I think about having folks like Greg Norton from Husker Du on him, and he's like, yeah, I didn't didn't touch a base for 10 years. And it's like, like, dude, you're an Husker Du. Like, really? (laughs) I know, but what? I mean, it, did you did you see Get Back? Did you? I mean, no, we all yes, Back, right? yes, yeah. Oh. Was it not fascinating that they, even their band was like like our band? The <laughs> same, know, like, the exact same things. Like, like crazy. I, I, um, since 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 you brought it up, I'll, I'll say there was a moment where like they're just like you know, pop, 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 and it just goes over to Ringo, and I'm I'm not I'm no impressionist by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I just went. I just want to play the drums. And like <laughs> my wife, Lindsay, like lost her shit. And she's not, she's not an easy audience for my brand of comedy, but that, that, <laughs> that I just want to play the drums because like, he was just sitting there like, all right, whenever you guys are ready, like, let's go. And it's like a pretty good Liverpool accent. Kind of. <laughs> thank you. It, it just struck me that, yeah, like it's every band, <laughs> it's every band practice. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> except for it's the, Beatles. it's the Beatles. It's, you know, they kind of invented like, we're, it's not a coincidence that their band is like ours. Our band is yeah. like theirs. I mean, they, they kind of invented the model. Right, right. But it, the only thing really different, I mean, even the ego warfare is not that different. No, not at all. Well, and like George brings in like, one of, I forget which song. It's beautiful. It's on uh, All Things Must Pass. But like, I mean, mine, I think. Yeah. Uh, 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 it, and it's just like a, it's a finished song. And it's like, obviously, that's awesome. And they're like, yeah, yeah, cool. That's whatever. You know, right on. Let's we're gonna work on this other thing now. And it's like, I just like, how often does that happen in like band where it's, oh, I'm guys, I'm really excited. Oh yeah, that's okay. Anyway, so the yeah, other oh, day, oh, I'm sorry, you guys are running shit. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I was a little brother. I was a year younger than you when I was 13. I'm still a year younger now that I'm 27. So yeah. I'm a dick. Okay, I quit. Fuck you. You know. But I thought I found the two things I found. So I think I've probably went off at length about this with someone else who I think also brought it up. The last section of it, spoiler alert, everybody, when they do like the rooftop concert and they do the side by side of like the cops trying to shut it down and they're trying to get and it was like, holy shit, the Beatles are like every punk rock band right now. Just trying to get some songs out before the cops shut it down. Even at the height of their success. Yeah. That's so amazing. And then the cops are like, and they're they're giving the cops the business. Oh, yeah, you know, we don't have the key to the stairway or whatever. You know, it's the same like punk rock. It's crazy, too. Like, you know, when they start filming that, it's like, you know, the White Album only just came out. Yeah. (laughs) Like they're, you know. It's, not my favorite Beatles record, but it's still it's what the only thing that's really different from any other band is like 
when the guy goes like, oh, yeah, I have this new song I've been dicking around with. It's, she came in through the bathroom right. window. <laughs> yeah, it's like the best song you've ever heard. Like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. I know, good. it's like, oh, my God. It's, uh, I don't, Paul's gotten a bad rap for a lot of different things. Some of it deserved. But holy God, I mean, I wish I'd had, I mean, of course, now that I'm 53, you know, I can watch the Beatles when they're 27 yeah. or whatever they are and, and go like, oh, well, you know, George, relax. I mean, like Paul's bossy, but he's also got the strongest ideas. Like the rest of you are like kind of floundering. This guy's got a vision. Yeah, like, he, you go with the guy with the vision. He's at least take, trying to take the ship somewhere, even if you don't agree with the destination. Yeah. yeah and, I mean, there were many times I wasn't so much the guy with the vision. I could have like, oh, your majesty, take the vision. I don't know. It's funny, too, because, like, I also found relatable that there's just, like, the Dick Around songs, where they're doing one of their songs, but with Dick Around lyrics, too. And it's like, oh, my God, this is like the Beatles just, like, busting chops and, like, you know, having a laugh. You know, that's that's so great. Yeah, I remember the song. Was it Get Back? Was it the song Get Back? Like, was almost a protest song about the treatment of the Pakistanis yeah. in England, like. Glad they didn't go that way. <laughs> and I also, I mean, you know, sweet Loretta Muffin or whatever was a way better direction. <laughs> well, and, and and last thing on it, I also just loved how they all started behaving when uh, um, Billy Preston came in. Like everyone's, oh, 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 okay, let's let's, yeah. let's let's get down to it. Like we're, we're oh, it's it's not just us now. Okay. Oh yeah, that, that actual talented person is here. We're gonna get serious. <laughs> Anyway, so people didn't tune in to, to hear us talk about Get Back, although I, th- I would tune in for that podcast personally. Yeah, nobody nobody's really discussed that one yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little little underrated, under-the-radar documentary called Get Back, uh, Young Up-and-Comers called uh, The Beatles. Weird yeah. name. Well, yeah, let's, let's get back to, you know, like the, the shit parts trying to tour in a van <laughs> discussion. That's where it's at. This well, is what we know. I think that the film... Did a great job of showing both sides of it. They, they, it showed the adventure, and like and and the heartbreak, and and how it can be both in the same sentence, practically. You know that. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, and that's and and when I think about, you know, especially tight roads, it's like I feel like you guys like hit it so hard, and like maybe it's just I wasn't yet touring at the time. Uh, so maybe I had like an exaggerated sense of how much you guys were touring, but I was like, oh yeah, tight rows, yeah, they're always out there doing it, and like it seemed, <laughs> I still since I hadn't toured myself, I still had certain ideas that oh yeah, think of the best show you've ever seen, and it's like that every night, and way before I was nice. like, oh, it's not like that at all. Man, the the <laughs> record label. I mean, when we were like feuding with uh, Slim Moon about to like boring shit, I don't want to like, get into. Um, I remember him saying that we were a, an entitled band that barely toured. And I, man, entitled really rankled me, but uh, barely toured. Yeah. Like we shot ourselves in the foot so many times as we fucked up so many tours. Like every, yeah. every one of us had a, had a hand in the demise of the band for sure. But you know, the, like the fucking up tours, I had a total nervous breakdown in oh uh, God, 2000. And we were just starting to like kind of like our our snowball was rolling downhill and gathering snow. We were like definitely headed somewhere. And uh, I don't know, was too sensitive to handle it. I broke and like, you know, like right in the middle of the tour, too. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, Right. But yeah, that's got to that's got to be like, do you wish you could kind of go back in time and be like, hey, uh, 
Oh, if I could be 30 again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe enjoy this and like this isn't the baton death march that you think it is. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, it wasn't the tour itself that broke me, but suffice to say it was something I could not handle at all. Yeah. It was My band was so good. Those guys were so good. For a band that sounds that crazy, it was like the most like cuddly, sane group you ever saw. Those guys were all great. I think that uh, those records hold up too the the type rose records oh yeah hell yeah they do like and and so that's the advantage to being like they're rock and roll records yeah it's you know i was really looking forward to the third record that we never made i was sort of like we're we're a third record band you know like some bands are um like van halen's a first record band you know the other records are good too but it's like you know they come right out of the gate and i think they did the craziest the thing they did with the most energy was the thing you know that that makes them who they are and um and then there's like the beastie boys model where like on the first record they hadn't found their sound you know and 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 they leaned into it and found something more yeah absolutely no i i hunt and having seen you guys play a bunch like i totally agree with that i was like i I remember saying i was like wow i think the next type rose record is going to be fucking incredible that was my hope you know i just i i really felt like the first record and to a lesser extent the second one it was like we're we're definitely like going in a direction like the first record it was good it was wild it was kind of one-dimensional you know and then the second one had a little more like weirdness variety to it but it was a total second record that was like uneven you know haven't haven't really decided what it is you're doing so that third one was going to be there you know well and i but it just wasn't to be and like it's another reason why I just ended up doing something else. I did not want to talk about the things that didn't work out for the rest of my life. Just had to yeah. try and second act that wasn't rock and roll, I guess. I mean, we all know people like that that, you know, sort of like it's the equivalent of being stuck in high school or something. And we were like, wow, you're still talking about that <laughs> <You know>, band? <laughs> wow. The first tour that I went on, my first band, Brent's TV, which was a little rinky dink little outfit on Lookout Records. Um, our first show, I think, was in Eugene, and mm. Bruce from the Detonators took us in, and um, that was really nice of him, and he was very generous. But he also, like at the time, it really struck me, just like I was in the Detonators, I was in the with eleven U.S. tours, you know, we done this, we done that, we're the Detonators, and I was like, God damn, I, you know, I don't want to be, you know, the old age of thirty-three or whatever it was he was, you know. <laughs> Like talking about posting on past glories. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like you don't have to convince me, man. I know who you are. <laughs> well, you know, I really, really didn't want to do that, and it's like you know, we could do that without even really trying because it's after a certain point, it's the only life experience we have, and it, and it it kind of defines your friendships and personalities because yeah. for, for for better and for worse, right? Like you know, like especially for folks that you know, hit it really hard and then come back and you're like, I don't know how to relate to normal people anymore. Like, I don't, I need to relearn yeah. how to do this. And now, you know, in this like world I live in now, it's like, it's one of those things that makes me a funny character or something that like, I heard you used to play guitar in a band. Yeah. What kind of band? I was like, oh God, all kinds of bands sometime or another. Yeah. And, and I mean, do you enjoy that? Or is that like you want to gnaw your arm off to get away from the conversation? A little oh, bit I kind of love it. I think. Okay. <laughs> I mean, reluctantly admit that I kind of love it. You know, it, there are times it's kind of dumb. You know, it's like, 
it's not it's not like you're thinking. I mean, I when I was in law school, I remember um, at an internship, you know, and like one guy wanted to know what it was like with the bitches, you know, and it's like where do I start Ugh. with this? Okay, yeah. One, <laughs> despite what you may have heard, we just don't regard women that way. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's <laughs> let's start there. I guess you know, like, how wrong we'll is this? Start there, <laughs> and then and from there, it, it's also like, like it, it's it's a bunch. It's five guys smelling each other's farts in a van for six weeks. It's not. It's. I mean, there are times like like you have adventures. You do, and like while some of them may be romantic even a rock and roll gentleman does not kiss his ass. yes but that's it's not you're not living the dream exactly i'm really glad that i did it like a, in, a, in a way that it's you know there was a dream that got lived that's true well people only have the one idea of what that could be like like it, it never occurs to the average person that someone would do it because they love making music and that they are excited to play their songs. Right. It's, 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 but it's a... I think at the same time, we're all like, well, not everyone, but there's a, uh, a way in which people are like sort of craving fame and, or acceptance or, you know, there's a reason we all want to be on a stage with everyone looking at us. Well, yeah. I mean, but if somebody was like, Hey, you could be as big as Fugazi, you'd be like, yes, that sounds great. You know, like that sounds yeah. awesome. Like to, to like, what have, do like... they have to do to get to that point? I mean, for that, would be, very good at doing something for the sheer love of it. And they also had to be kind of lucky, you know, luck is a huge part of it. And nobody, yeah, nobody I mean, likes to know, admit like that. For every minor threat, there's like a negative approach or something that like, you know, didn't do all that touring. Yep. They are now. Yeah. Which is great. And, and, you know, they get nice moments of like, there's some more telling Iggy pop about them and, and like Iggy de- decry negative approach. The most uh, Detroit sounding. Uh, there's most some more in your, in your, in your travels on your uh, on your pod here, um, do you know Thurston? Have you met him? No, no. I, only one I've had him from Sonic Youth is Bob Burt, which is great. Nice. Yeah, you have a lot of interesting dudes. Thurston, I will never hear. I will never. It's like, I don't care about his romantic life. I will never hear a bad word about the guy. I think he's so awesome. Because, Among other things. There was a time I, I just was uh, I was hanging out with Jawbreaker and we were at, they were playing like right when they were putting out Dear You and they were just taking a little stab at the um you know the bigger rock world yeah and they played this arena show at um oh god it was Oasis and Sonic Youth and Porno for Pyros and like you know Porno for things. Pyros wow yeah. I had forgotten about Porno for Pyros entirely <laughs> oh my god. I, well, they crazy? were huge. That's that video was like, it's hard to describe to, to to the younger listeners. There used to be this thing called MTV, and it would play videos instead of dumb reality shows. But like that man was gigantic. Like, gigantic. They were headlining this show that that Oasis and Sonic Youth and Everclear and Jawbreaker opened. And uh, as Sonic Youth is coming off stage, and I'm I've watched their show, and it was kind of weird seeing them in a arena, but it it was cool, you know. Yeah, and they're coming off the stage, and Thurston's got a towel around his neck, and he walks up to me and just starts talking to me. He knows exactly who I am, right? And um, the various things that I've done, and I'm like, "Why? I've never fucking met you." That is so. And he's not that kind of nerd. I'm done playing, you know? yeah. And I don't play, you know, like in, in my mind, I'm just like, I'm sorry, like a, a normal band like plays a set at an hour long or something, like. 
he gets i don't recognize my grandma like i and this guy like comes <laughs> off the stage and just starts talking to me and i was like wait, wait. And I, I put the dots together later like why he might know who was who i was but like really like on, a, on appearance you just like kind of yeah you, like, we're walking through a hallway like as you're coming off the stage and it's been a weird arena show and in that situation you just lay eyes on me like oh that guy you know blah 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 that's kind of awesome. I that mean, makes him just the coolest dude. Yeah, because you're not so far up your own ass if you could do shit like that. Yeah, you, he doesn't. He doesn't need to do that. You know, like even if he is a big nerd, which he is. That's and that's the real reason why he's in all these documentaries that we all got cut out of. Yeah, genuine man, really genuine. <laughs> it's and, it's because know, like he the, loves the this music. <laughs> I know, like it, it's you know controversial. You know, the oh Kevin Thurston broke up. Let's all blame Thurston, but you know that's that's their affair. Yeah, um, I I am a big fan of the uh, the Sonic Utes. I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan of that band, and I would I would love to have more of them on the show. And I may or may not have asked over the years, but uh, <laughs> well, good luck. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'll probably They're have wonderful people. Yeah, I mean, I think like uh, you know, some of those asks were before. You know, maybe there was a reason to give a damn about it. You know, like I don't know. I don't, it's I'm always surprised. I'm surprised by who listens to this show, let alone who comes on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you guys are listening? Great. <laughs> yeah, you're getting around that. How many episodes are you up to? Oh, I should look. This is episode 281. Holy shit. I know, it's a lot, right? <laughs> I'm like, the, I'm like the fall of punk rock podcast. I just keep putting them out. <laughs> I know, I, I don't have enough rock and roll in my life to talk about it. <laughs> you have plenty. You talk, first of all, we barely talked about it, but like, and, and, and I oh, do. That's true. I do actually. We've talked about everything else, but uh, that's fine. Like it's it's uh, you know it's a freewheeling show just for the um, for the for the new listeners. I, I I think that, but that that's a way to sort of conduct yourself as a larger as a larger band. If you're honestly, so I'm always surprised by people that are they play in bands, but they're like don't listen to music. I'm like, what do you what do you do? Like just stare at the wall and wait to be activated? Like I don't understand. Like. Why are you doing this? Like, you know, I, I do this because, like, I fucking get stoked about music. And, like, the fact that I get to do it sometimes is, like, fuck, yes, that's awesome. Exactly. I, I never lost that part that was, like, um, when I was seven or eight. And for some reason, it's the Starland vocal band that comes into my mind. It's just, like, anything with layered vocals, really. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's, like, where... It, it never occurred to me how the sound was made. It sounded like magic. It sounded yeah. like... It didn't even occur to me that like regular people, they you know take up an instrument and learn how to play it, or anything like that. Just like when I heard on the radio, like anything that had layered vocals, whether it was the BGS, who I still fucking love, or the Starland Vocal Band, um, I never lost that sense that like music like feels like magic to me, and I'm like ideally you get to that part where you don't have to even think about the mechanics of making it. You're it's just doing just, it. It's, it's you just do it and yeah. you let it rip. And it's kind of where alcohol fit, figures into the picture, <laughs> at least, you know, for me, it's like, you know, to get into the zone, like where you're not thinking, you're just feeling, it takes substances. I uh, regret to say. I, I was going to say that, that, that's a good, um, so I didn't always do this show alone sometimes i had a co-host and that would be a good opportunity to like hey vamp for a second i'm gonna grab a beer when, 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 when you mentioned that but also just because uh, it's been a to have a trash week 
uh, for me in having nothing to do with rock and roll in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but yeah, like the the false the 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 the, the false bravado that comes from alcohol, it fits so perfectly in with especially rock. The false bravado, but also the, the um, I don't know, getting, I'll, getting I'll out of your head. Drug, they, yeah. They, I don't. I think we don't think it is. But all I can say is, like, if I'm going to get in the zone where like my hands move of their own accord and my, uh, you know, my, my voice such as it is like does what it's going to do um, without me thinking about it. Like eh, step one, alcohol, there might be other steps, but that's a, uh, and it's a little bit of a catch 22 about touring too. Cause the older I got, the less I just bounced back from having to live yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's a reason why folks that keep at it, you know, they, they, they tend to, even if they part quote unquote partied early on, they tend to like ramp that down because it's like, yeah, well, you're, you're... it's still a mystery to me that like when people like, uh, I don't know, like I, I'll say this, like for the world that I'm in, the fact that I'm always on my way to a funeral is not <sighs> lost on the people that, that I, uh, work around. They're like, weren't you on, weren't you at a funeral last week? Yeah, and it's like, well, in the like world that I like got here from, um, depression and substance abuse yep. and accidents that come from the first two, like that takes out a lot of my friends, um, and there, but for the grace of God, right? I mean, because it is like I said, you know, like that. Just looking around and being like, I'm a forty, I suck. You know, and like, I I can't like, you know, run around doing this every single day anymore. Oh, my God. Like, it wasn't a mystery to me, like when Chris Cornell, for example, like, he's just like a guy that was, I think he had a family, you know, like he had a life outside of rock and roll. But it's like you live in your emotion. You never um, know what's going on in someone's life, you know, no matter no. how successful they may be. You never knew. What no, but but we do know that it's largely like kind of more sensitive type people that are doing it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get, look, I get it. <laughs> I yeah. get it. Like, I mean, I get it. And, and uh, yeah. it's been a lot of my life too. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> it's, it, it happens sometimes, man. I mean, like it's not all, yeah. And then, the, then I did a scissor kick off the stage. It was sick. You know, it's not all fun. Yeah. It's, it's like, just it's a sort of bipolar dipping all over the place that made me so successful in the arts world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the living legend that I am. The I'm, living legend status. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's not like, we need it as well in it, but it's certainly part of the tapestry, right? And and again, when when you when you come from that world and you you know whether you continue to do it or not, if but you're more quote unquote well adjusted or you found a path out of it, and you know not everyone does, and not everyone finds uh, something to anchor themselves. And it, right. it's real. I mean, it's like, what am I going to say? Like, it's not like this is going to be some grand epiphany to anyone listening or watching this. Like, it's it's everyone knows. But I yeah. mean, it only gets worse as you get older, too. <laughs> I know, but but I do feel like it's a, it's there's no reason really that that you know it has to peter out when you get older. I feel like you know I don't know how old John Lee Hooker was when he passed, but he he was as good as he ever was until he was about, you know, 80. 
And, you know, the last couple times I saw Richard Thompson, the man hasn't lost a thing. He does like yeah. same kind of thing more or less that he did when he was younger, uh, you know, but he writes songs of insight and, it, and so forth. So you only get better at that. I mean, I, I will say this, like, I think the records that I put out now are the best I've ever done. And like, that's a nice that's what quiet riot. Said. But every, everyone thinks that, right. But when someone else tells you that, then that, that, that okay, good. It's because of course I think that, of course I think that I'm sure John Tesh feels that way too. I mean, like, yeah. John Tesh, he's still naked records. I was gonna say, I don't know why he's the one that came. To I don't mind, know why but... I thought Quiet Riot. You went to John Tesh, I went to Quiet Riot. I don't know that they thought their new record was good. We're running the gamut here, yeah, in Protonic Reversal, but, uh, but yeah, the the idea that like, there's only one way to go, and there's only like one like path is sort of like, well, I kind of like that people are finding different ways to continue yeah. on and be creative and whatnot, and and for me, like you know, and it's not like. I'm not going to be playing acoustic guitar at the camera on Facebook Live. Fuck no. Like, there's no 0.0% chance. But also no one would be looking for that. But I'm just like, that's not how I want to present it. But for I've seen folks that do it. It's beautiful. And it's great. It's like, oh, that's awesome. And be like, well, I will I watch having this. having that faith in what you do, too, is like, you know, even if you are the only one who thinks that it's the, the best work you've ever done, and that's still a good reason to do it, I think. Agreed, because, and again, going back to the documentary, I think that there's there's a certain stigma attached with creative fulfillment, and especially in this country for some reason. Like, you'd be like, well, fine, you know, you're creatively fulfilled, but, like, is it making any money? Like, you know, are you famous yet? And it's like, well, no, we're never going to be famous, I just like doing this. Like this is right. this is part of who I am, and I seem to be pretty good at it. And other people seem to get something out of it, which is Did not you acceptable. See the movie or read the book <laughs> American Hardcore. Oh, um, no, I probably should, huh? Yeah, it, it's along those lines too, and it's like it, at least you know because I could remember it firsthand. But honestly, I got to punk a little late, you know, like the mid eighties. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you know when really well hardcore. I got the hardcore late. And, um, you know, it was sort of done, really. Like, when I, when I got there, it wasn't so vital anymore. But, you know, it meant something to me. But the, the people that, you know, were a part of that first wave, you know, 1980, 1981, um, they had the same, like, there was no dreams of fame. You know what I mean? It was like, it was pure, it was just id. It was just yeah. raging you know, going with it and like we have this thing and oh, it's the best thing in the world. But nobody thought they were going to get famous. It wasn't that. I mean, it was that seemed ludicrous. And uh, you know, now we have uh, you know the offspring or whatever that like people like when absolutely we, when we were young fest. Let's just keep it. Let's keep it contemporary. That's like this week at the time of this recording that everyone is freaking out over this. I, I, apparently, two thousand emo bands like two thousands, which which I'm like. I know, like, four. oh, you're talking about the when we were young fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, like, because I am having a hard time hearing you. But yeah, I saw that. It's like Paramore and uh, yeah, I, bands I, that, I, that I was too old for twenty years ago. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm like, yeah, I didn't like any of those bands when they were around the first time. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, like nostalgia. I mean, people younger than us are entitled to the nostalgia too. I mean, yeah, more power to them. Like, good on you, but that's that's not for me. But like that nostalgia trip of just being like, was this music meant to last? Like, is this music, like, I don't know. Like, and it's... it's I a, guess, but, you know, like, I, I have so much, like, good feelings and 
I don't know if nostalgia exactly is it, but like I found staying power in a lot of music that like, I mean, you know, none of the like brill building stuff. I don't think anybody thought we'd still be thinking about the Shirelles 50, 60 years later. It's a good point. Or Bo Diddley for that matter. Yeah. I mean, and you never know. Right. And stuff comes comes back and like hits in a different way for a new generation. Like remember when Gang of Four, well, first of all, all these bands tried to sound like Gang of Four for a while. And then Gang of Four actually came back and it was badass. And like what that tour with Public Enemy and Anthrax? <laughs> was, was, that, was, was, it with, was it with Anthrax? How do I not remember that? Uh, I can't remember. Wasn't it? It's like I remember this Bizarro tour. It was Public Enemy. Oh, it was the Sisters of Mercy. Okay, there you Public go. Public Enemy. Yeah. Gang of Four. And just what a weird show, especially with Sisters of Mercy Sisters headlining. And it was like that was Public Enemy's moment. But yeah, that that tour failed. Anyway, yeah. But but just you know, like the idea that Gang of Four gets exposed to a new generation, so a whole new uh, round of of people, like new kids that like find out about Solid Gold and find out about entertainment, and they like, oh, you know, I really like this. But like the stuff, some stuff that's like, and maybe you disagree with this. Maybe 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 you agree. I feel like there's some stuff that's like, wow, this band is so brilliant. Like people are going to be like writing articles about this band like in twenty years. And then yeah. there's just nothing. Yeah, I mean, there are still bands like, I mean, I, I'm glad like people are interested in the Laughing Hyenas again, for yeah. example. But what about the Digits? Do you remember like how the like, Digits are so so good? <laughs> yeah, it's like no one talks about the Digits anymore. I'm not yeah. sure if they're ever going to come back. It's so it's so it's just weird what hits and like, but but it's also that so that's the good side of their being because oftentimes on this show we'll talk about that. Uh, because of the constant availability of everything, everything kind of happens in present tense. So it's a hard, it's harder to re to release new music because you're not just competing with whatever came out that week for people's attention. You're competing with all of music from all time. Yeah. But the good side to that is it means that stuff that maybe never found its audience or never found its due, all it takes is like you know, maybe not one, but but a couple of people being like, hey, this is who's heard this? This is crazy like look at like death from detroit right like that was henry owens oh, like, the band death. yeah they henry yeah. owens put put up that um that post and then on you go everyone found out about this badass band that like never really had a day in the sun and i, I, I love like that it's really rare that you get that documentary that's about a great band and is a great film you know what i mean yeah like it's I've, I've seen great films about music I didn't care that much about. I, I always think of the Daniel Johnston one, you know. I was never a big Daniel Johnston fan. But it was a really good, there's an interesting story there. It's a great doc. Sometimes, like, yeah. you know, there's a band that I love. Like, I, you know, I've heard the ZZ Top one was nothing to write home about. <laughs> well, so, all right, so let me spoil it for you. What 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 I loved about it is that there was a very good focus on like the early stuff and all the stuff that they know people wanted to see, and then and then they're like, it goes up to Eliminator, and then they're like, and they still continue to this day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I st- it's I like the part at the end of the Gilligan's Island theme where you know and the and rest, the rest. <laughs> yeah. You know, everything after Afterburner, everything after Deguayo. Yeah, like, I, I I fell out of my chair. I was laughing so hard. Because I'm like, that's the perfect way to end that documentary. And so, because I was so excited for it. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, it's easy top documentary. Let's go. And, and The I, one I, thing I had heard about it was that Frank Beard, uh, was Frank Beard talking about, um, about how useless it is to not shoot heroin. Uh, th- yeah, th- there's some... 
There's some interesting Frank Beard moments. Let's put it that way. Unguarded yeah. Frank Beard moments. But That sounded fascinating to me. But see, case in point, I don't know. You know, I didn't see the movie. But I'm told it was nothing to write home about. And what a great band. And it does have a great story. I sure. disagree. I think it's a fantastic documentary. And I think I mean, it's hilarious how it ends. Because, again, and they still continue to this day. Yeah, with like eight records that you're just not going to bother talking <laughs> about, huh? Okay, that's... Okay, here's a better one. <laughs> I forget which... There's probably more than one movie about Big Star. But... Yeah. The one... I don't know. What was it called? Uh, know, Radio City? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I forget what it's called, but I do know a little bit of a backstory about that, which is that in order to get access to like all the photos of uh, Chris Bell's young man, et cetera, et cetera, certain content had to be not addressed within the movie. That's, yeah. I you remember the issues that followed the MC5 documentary, too. It was, uh, you know, like, God, you know, can we just tell the story? But no, you can't. There's just too many gatekeepers and there's too many people involved and the estates of too many people. Yeah, and it's it's a drag because that's that's another one that's like, yeah, it'd be sure it'd be cool if we, if we could see that documentary. <laughs> I know. There's awesome. like, and there's, now, I mean, there's a documentary about everyone. Once I saw there was a documentary about the Murder City Devils, so I was like, really? <laughs> Wait, really? For real? That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That was oh, a few okay. years ago. Okay. Huh. All right. And, and those guys, they're my friends, but I, I yeah. still like, I. I I I don't be watching documentaries about them. Uh, first, I want to <laughs> caveat and say I love them, uh, and, and especially as a live band. But I remember one of my oh, fa- yeah, what, live band. one of my favorite. I, I guess it was a diss, but reviews was I guess they need something to play in the tattoo parlor. Which I was like, oh. see, this is what I hate about these, this audio problem. I think I just missed an awesome punchline. <laughs> that so I'll, I'll enunciate. I got a bit about enunciating with you, but yeah, they. So the 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 person who said this was, I guess they need something to play in the tattoo parlor. <laughs> yeah, well, which yeah. is so dismissive and like lame. But I I, I was like, okay. I, I, I did laugh, you know, like it's, 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 you know, speaking of the laughing hyenas, I felt like nobody ever connected. I love the laughing City hyenas, Devils, by the way, to the murder city devils. I thought it was the most obvious reference when you listen to them. Yeah. It's like, it's like Alice Cooper band, laughing hyenas and like just a little bit of like misfits kind of. Yeah. Dead boys. Dead boys. Yeah. Like that, that, like that style of, of punk rock where it's like, there's a crossover with rock and roll and uh, yeah, you know. not easy to channel John Brandon. No, not at all. But uh, yeah, th- that that was a Mercy Devils Hell Band. Anyway, you know, else Hell Band was uh, Type Rose. Type Rose from way back when. How did the, the and realize I say this with peace and love in my heart, peace and love. How did that name pass the? Yeah, that's that's the name. Like oh, that that was that that was the right one to ask because it was my idea. Um, that okay. Well, there was a there was a probably a lot of your listeners are going to know this tape. Do you know this story? I I don't know. I actually don't know. Oh, okay, or, 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 or I forgot. Rhetorical it. question. There's a um, I get you wouldn't call it a crank call tape, but it was surreptitiously recorded. Okay. Um, it was a friend of our our bass player, Sean, but it was before he was in the band. I just acquired it, you know, through. Yeah. And um, a friend of his had recorded himself having a conversation with this um, kind of really aggro like kind of skinhead dude 
who who frequented the record store that that Kurt, the the friend, worked at, and was really really obsessive about metal and was like, oh, bro, I got to tell you about Merciful Fate and how they're distinct from Morbid Angel, bro. Oh, you got to, you know, and and so he called this guy Derek, and um, to get the lowdown on all that, he recorded it while he is um, talking about that. This other drama breaks out with the Derek guy's roommate and he's gonna, you know, like the, the roommate was uh, nodding out, you know, he was a junkie and he parked in the Derek guy's parking spot and now Derek's gonna beat him down and, and it's all very, very violent. And so there's this two track conversation about um, one, he's gonna kill his roommate and two, merciful fate, morbid angel, deicide. Um, this is what their deal is. And it's really very insightful. And he's got a really like funny, like California way of talking. Mm -hmm. And um, he definitely should, could not still be alive today because like this is somebody, anyway, that conversation, part of it, a little chunk of it was he's, he's talking about somebody he works at the record store with. And he said that, Oh, you know, Mick, you know, he'll give you, his synopsis about these bands. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He tried to tell me the King Diamond doesn't know anything about Satanism. What? Kevin fucking Anton LaVey are tight bros from way back when. That's where that came from. <laughs> and so I, I was like having a conversation with my friend and, and uh, he said, you should call your band the tight bros. I said, ooh, the tight bros from way back when. And that's, that's all. That's where that came from. That was a, you know, we kind of kept that under our hats for a while, but now I think that tape's faded around a lot. Uh, that's that's great. Okay, so that that's awesome because, th- and there was a time period, you know, that like there were there were bands with longer names, right? And it was, it was sort of like it was a thing, like whatever, who cares? But I know the hassles of having a band with a longer name, such as. Oh, can't I do? Do I have to put the whole band name on the flyer or the <laughs> yeah. marquee? Like, do I really have to do that? Like, is it that much effort? To, like, this conversation is more effort than writing down these words. But okay, sure. Like, yeah, I know it must be rough, right? Yeah, and you would know us by the color of blood. Yeah, they're, they're still taking on after thirty years. So again, bad, bad example. Yeah, Godspeed You Black Emperor. Like, right. probably got it a lot. Behead the Prophet. Yeah, what do they do? Are they like Godspeed You dot dot dot. Yeah, we just, got the tight brothers a lot. That really used to piss me off. <laughs> the tight brother. Well, you know, the BROS and people are determined to put a dot after BROS, which would indicate brothers. We yeah. spell it with an apostrophe, and nobody would ever humor us in that. Even on Discogs. Like, you know, there are, well, you know, it has to be the same way it is on the record. Every one of our records has it that way. But no, nobody will humor us with. The apostrophe works for the Go Go's. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> that's really, that's 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 a small, uh, mediocre misery of an indignity. But I kind of love it in the same way. Like I, I love that it's like it's like really even in death we can get no respect for just how we just we can't just no, no. respect. <laughs> and and yeah, I had to like come up with a band name that I could later get pedantic about, right? <laughs> Exactly. Can you just be called the butts or something? <laughs> probably would have been smarter. Oh, hey, you guys started in the nineties. You could probably get away with just butt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. 
<laughs> uh, do you see just butt? <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> playing like, at the funhouse. Put house. it on the flyer, whatever you want. Or just butt. <laughs> you know, I have teenagers now. It's I got like sudden teenagers. I I didn't make kids like we we you know became legal guardians of these teenagers, and this is exactly their kind of conversation. <laughs> and then we called my band, but. I, I don't know to be whether to be mortified or impressed, but uh, you know. Oh man, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think they were pleasantly surprised to learn that the dude they moved in with was more juvenile than them. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh my god, it's so dumb. So, type bros from way back when. When it starts up, do you have like like a mission statement? Like I'm not thinking like MC5 style, but do you kind of have an idea that you this is this is going to be a hell ass rock and roll band? I did, you know, me and me and Dave, the other guitar player, um, we kind of had, oh, I, I guess competing visions. For me, it was like um, a DMZ Sans Little Richard kind of thing. Right. It, that was always what I wanted to do, and um, you know, I, I just really wanted to have a fiery punk rock band that had soul, you know, like it's not that complicated and it seems pretty simple now, but at the time and, and in the place that I was, which was Olympia, I just could not get anyone interested in that. And it took a few years, um, by which time there was like a rock and roll rival thing or a rock and roll uh, revival thing kind of underway. And that, that became a stick up my ass a little bit, but, but Dave was, was more coming from ACDC and ZZ top and that like, I mean, those things can work together. That's all. Like, we just kind of made a, a mishmash of that, and it came out like people said ACDC a lot. I didn't. I didn't so much get like, that. Like, like I Bon mean, Scott. I, I, do and I, don't. I mean, but ACDC is in my, absolutely in my DNA. It's like yeah. that's what I learned to play guitar to. I, you know, they're not making it up. Obviously, there's something to that. I mean, so first of all, like Bon Scott era, but like I would almost say more like Powerage than like Highway oh, to Hell. Man, you the know, best. like just like did th- this cut that kind of here are rock and roll down and dirty rock and roll riffs, but played with punk rock intensity, and like yeah, you know, I think we were though a really busy band. You know, like we filled up every inch of space there was. Yeah, that's the opposite of what ACTC does. <laughs> they work with space so well. <laughs> It is, you know what I mean? There's a lot like, going on in that band. You're right. They got like the space between the notes is everything, and they do it so instinctively. And yeah, like yeah. we're, we're uh, I think it was, you know, it had to do with the basic approach, the like caveman approach. Well, the like caveman crystal methamphetamine approach, and and Jared's vocals. I think like people said Bon Scott, but I thought he sounded like Brian Johnson. I mean, it's. It blew me away how amazing of a vocalist. Because, I mean, I, I adore Carp. I fucking love Carp. But, like, Who like th- there's a certain, and it's great, the certain the vocals there in Carp are, like, perfect for that kind of band. Like, obviously yeah. perfect. There's bands still ripping them off to this day. Uh, yeah. And and you'll appreciate this. I say this a lot, but I haven't said it in a while. I, th- I think it's funny when you talk to, like, uh, if I, when I talk to younger bands, they they like are under the impression somehow that Carp was like as big as Smashing Pumpkins or something, and it's like I assure you that was <laughs> not the case. As a dude that was there, that was not the case. Uh, but age very well. But when I heard the first Typro stuff, and it was like, that's Jared singing. 
oh my god like that guy's amazing like because i always thought he was good i was like wow he's a powerful vocalist i always called him powerful he's a powerful and vocalist. you know that had something to do with with how busy it was i mean i wouldn't pin it on jared if anything yeah. just me and Dave making it how busy it was yeah but um but jared like especially in a live setting like there was no moment without a bunch of words you know like coming at you <laughs> yeah. and um i think that had everything to do with him not playing an instrument because he's just way more comfortable doing his thing and holding an instrument and playing the instrument. Yeah. And a little bit like self-conscious when it's just him on the mic and the and the spotlight, even though he loves the spotlight. And, um, you know, like, so that contributed to the whole like crazy busy thing. Well, and it, it's, that's absolutely a thing that seems to happen with folks that are used to singing and playing an instrument that when they are just singing that like, if you, you have this unconscious desire to just, fill up the space it just yeah. it, it feels natural to do so but i mean it never seemed like it was like forced or anything along those lines but it is like you know i i think type rose did acdc in the same way that like rag coalition later did where where it's like oh it's just fucking rock and roll but like there's such a limited palette of like aggressive rock and roll that i think the same bands kind of get referenced all the time and that's too bad uh but yeah you know, I get it, like, because it's like, well, it doesn't sound like, you know, Journey, so what other rock and roll band are we going to oh, How about ZZ Top? Right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad now everybody knows who the MC5 is. I mean, it's a first band, band I thought but you remember? I mean, you know, like, there was, you know. There was I worked a at a record store, were... so I was like, fucking Jared's singing in a band that sounds like the goddamn MC5, and this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first I remember first when the MC5 was sort of thought of as, like, in the same breath as, like, Black Oak, Arkansas, or Mountain. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and and it's, you know, that it just goes to show how uh, tastes change and how, again, certain bands are socialized into the environments. Or, I mean, do you remember like when the Stooges, you talk about Funhouse or something, be like what? And then it's like, yeah, and then like somehow like the world found out about the Stooges, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, you know who that is? Yeah, now, now right? like because like you know we can deal with a. Uh, with with all of history as like oh they're all like kind of random facts all mishmashed together it's like we don't have this like kind of linear sense of like no 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 like when the when the studios being funhouse there was no such thing as punk rock this is like yeah so like kind of appallingly negative when you compare yeah. it to the jefferson airplane or whatever you <laughs> right know, like, exactly that yeah. everybody was digging in 1969 i mean it's so like i mean especially when you hear those live bootlegs and stuff yeah. you go see this band and they're all about like Get fucked! I will kick your fucking ass. They're totally serious. Yeah, it, it's it, not showbiz. I mean, it, it's showbiz, but it's you know, it, it's not. Uh, it's not. It doesn't seem like it's come from the same planet as like the Loving Spoonful or something. Where you, it's like <laughs> no, 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 it has a little in common with the Velvet Underground, but you know, yeah, they're from New York. The Stooges are from Detroit. That pretty much tells you what you need to know. I mean, one of my one I, one of my personal favorite shows as personal accomplishment for this show is that I got to have James Williamson on because I was like, fuck. I'm know. sorry, who? James Williamson of the of the fucking. Oh my god, you're kidding! Student. No, no, I'm not, and I was pretty audibly excited. You know, I'm gonna go back in the archives <laughs> and dig that one up. I would love to hear it. And cool dude too, very cool dude. And and I I wish another I another guy who got a bad rap. You know? Yes, 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 absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely, and and. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. That, that's kind of, I just blower. love the way that, that he riffs is like, his riffs are so like, I mean, 
the raw power riffs are just fucking they're very I don't think even he could recapture that. I mean, it's I think it's just, it's the perfect alchemy of you know, attitude, age, you know, just just like you know, just like the the FU energy, like I mean, you know, like yeah, but with swing too, you know. And that's what's so great and that's why the, that's why the songs still work. Is the like and that's why like I think I think it's a lot of times when bands get compared to the Stooges, it's like, oh, okay, so what? They sound like uh, no fun. Okay, I get it. <laughs> and this, and this, there was this time in Austin that I, I think it was the Type Rose that, that was playing an in-store, and um, I'm like shopping, and I remember I had Sweetheart of the Rodeo, the Birds record, yeah. under my arm, and um, this this guy um, came up to me, and he was playing in the band that was playing first. I don't want to say what their name was. I don't want to bum them out. But um, he he was wearing a smoking jacket with no shirt that I remember, and and he had like the style thing kind of down, and he's like, "That's a cool record, Ben," and I'm like, "Yeah," and um, he was like, "Oh, stick around, and see my band. You'd really dig us. We got this like T Rex small faces thing going, you know," and I was like, "That sounds awesome." Yeah. And then like I um I stuck around to see them, and they were pretty much exactly like the Super Suckers. <laughs> it was not. Like the T Rex or the small yeah, faces, w- w- but it's which... like I, I get that you've like now told me that you know you know who those bands are and that's fine, but it was like the Super Suckers. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. if so if you be like, oh, you should come see us. We sound like the Super Suckers. You're like, oh, okay. You know, I know what that. Cool. All right. If I'm in the mood for that, I'll come see that. You know. Yeah. Cool reference points. It got me in the door. It worked. Yeah, I was gonna say, but who's laughing? You know that guy. Yeah, I mean. I mean, honestly, like I see those things thrown around a lot, but like, when did you ever see a band like in the modern era that was like this? That was like T Rex meets the Small Faces. Yeah. Um, this is almost like a thought exercise. I think so. So I think Spoon started off sounding like Wire and Fugazi, which people forget about or just didn't know about. Spoon. Yeah, and then I think there was like an Elvis Costello-y phase, and then I think they tried to get a little T Rex to it, and it was his version of it. And I actually don't like those records as much personally but i think that's what he was kind of going for you know he's trying to get those vibes and that's cool but isn't it funny like how people like they wind up at t-rex where like i guess t-rex wound up at t-rex from tyrannosaurus <laughs> rex but it was still just like four or five years yeah you know? it's true that's true so, well, like between 1968 and 1972 is the whole thing you know well and that's you know it's still reference to this day but i mean but then it's people get stuck on their favorite eras but then like you know let's think about like how quickly black flag was turning out records too right you know like yeah. the jesus lizard when they weren't being sued yeah well, well exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's like you know my it's so sad isn't it that like those those years could have been so good you know like yeah. 82 83 <sighs> when they could make any records and then Such like they had to make you know three or four every year and they're a little less focused yeah, it's it kind of a bummer. What could have been? What could have been? But so let's talk. So let's talk about the fact that when I saw, when I when I heard from Type Bros, not brothers but Bros, uh, that's right. I, I was like, oh, rad! Jared's playing in a band that kind of sounds like the MC Five. This is fucking cool. So, like, did did it hit the way you wanted it to uh, originally? Like, was it was it just like out of the gate like fireballs, or did it kind of take some? Ramping? Yeah, actually, I mean, like it it didn't like. I had a vision and it didn't exactly conform to it. And, and that was, that just ended up being okay. Cause people responded to it and yeah, yeah they did right out of the gate. In fact, um, our first show was with the murder city devils 
in Olympia. Oh, man. And I remember, like, you could always tell, like, when, you, when you're when you in a band that, like, has the thing, that has that thing, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Versus one that, that doesn't or, like, maybe has, hasn't gotten there yet. Um, and right out of the gate, people are like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome. And, like, people would never shut up about it and i'm not making any claim that it was that awesome but people told us it was that's, yeah so, that was the yeah, reaction which way. is fine yeah that's that's people react the way that they're gonna react right so like and yeah and i remember you know like i mean you know they weren't all great shows but they were mostly like yeah like good reactions i remember there was this one in houston that um i remember this girl that hung around after the show cause she really liked our band and um, she had she told us that her boyfriend left early because they saw on the flyer um, that said, you know, Ty Bros from way back when, X Carp and Behead the Prophet. This guy goes, oh, my God, X Carp and Behead the Prophet. How fucking sick is this going to be? And he, he thought it was going to be some, like, wall of noise, heaviness thing. And it was fairly traditional rock and roll. And right. he was very, very disappointed. And, um, and he bailed. So, you know, like, we disappointed that guy. Well, you know, in the same way that, I guess not exactly in the same way, but like going back to Rye, right? Like, you know, if you only knew the the first Rye record or even Lipstick Game and you say maybe didn't keep up with current events and then they and they, they, they come out guns blazing, doing some hell ass rock and roll, you'd be like... What is this? Was this the same band? This these are the same. Yeah, dudes? it's not what I was expecting. <laughs> this is this is awesome, but this is not what I expected. Which is yeah, they uh, what's funny? Like full circle. Um, I remember when I was in nudity, which was um, Dave Harvey's project. Really, you know, like D- Dave, we were in the Type Rose together, and I, I joined his band when I was um, when I was just tired of not touring. Believe it or not. Um, <laughs> Funny and know, yeah. uh, we played a show at the Middle East in Boston with the Black Hollies, which was like this yeah. band that like Ryan become, and we had all like gone retro together. So it was funny, you know, <laughs> was, like people Every- from like a hardcore background that that like just ended up in this weird retro place. Yeah, everybody got the retro memo. It worked out great. Yeah, they did. <laughs> but the I- retro mo. <laughs> the retro. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, I but I think that uh, getting back again to the the early days uh, for Type Rose again, you're you're coming from like a punk rock world. You're coming from a world of of you know the, the attitude, the the ethos, everything about it is is like a punk rock place. But to me, it seemed like, and again, before there was, there seems like there's a rock and roll quote unquote revival pretty regularly now. Yeah, oh, sure, yeah. But you guys... I mean, I was definitely, like, I was cruising off the Devil Dogs at that. I was big on the Devil Dogs at, at that time. But but there wasn't a lot of bands purveying in that uh, at the time that, that at least were in the zeitgeist. It wasn't in the zeitgeist like it was, like, some years later that if you, I don't know, if you guys have stuck around. Yeah, I around. guess that's right. Though I do remember, uh, like, Buck Cherry. Ugh. Sorry, sorry. That was a natural reaction. I wasn't trying to be. I was just like, oh, yeah, I know. But it was like, you know, like the the big label version of the same thing. You know, the like kind of Hollywood version of the same thing. Yeah, was happening, and like I remember taking it very, very personally. In retrospect, I feel like I took way too many things very, very personally. (laughs) But it's hard not to. Like it was hard not to. (laughs) 
Well, you're just like, and, you know, I'm Bob mad Gary that this really exists. Me because that shit is so stupid. Oh, it's so fucking lame. It's rotten. It's, it sounds like domestic abuse in a parking lot. It's fucking horrible. It's, it's pretty, <laughs> you're crazy, bitch. That's their song. It just, it's, it's, yeah. Ugh. Like, ugh. <laughs> you know, I got I have a weird full circle memory with them, too. I, I hope you don't mind that this old feller does just go off on weird that, tangents. Look, man, I bought the ticket and I'm here to take the ride, my friend. <laughs> okay. Well, when the type rows were in uh, Europe, my one only European tour, um, we played in Hasselt, which I believe was in Belgium, and we were told that um, there was it was some sort of metal festival and that the band that was headlining had ex-members of Exodus. And I was like, you're shitting me. Which ones? Please say Paul Bailoff, who was still alive at the time. And um, no, no, we, we got there, and naturally it was like their last bass player was in the band. <laughs> And um, he, they, they believed themselves to be doing like a cheap trick thing, mm, mm, but mm. they came off more like all or big drill car, like what, what are those like, just catchy, yeah, like very basic, yeah, you yeah. know, like the songs aren't that great, but they're going for a pop songwriting thing, yeah. Um, and this, they like they we we didn't get along. And we didn't like not get along with a lot of bands. We're a pretty affable bunch. And um, they, they, I don't know. They, it was their, we were brand new. Like it was our, everyone's first European tour. It was their last show of the tour. Um, and they were kind of, they were just being dicks. And, you know, like they're also recording a live album that night. Anyway, this one guy walks in the room and I was like, do I know you? And it was like, it turned out we had just met on 8th Street in San Francisco like a, a couple months earlier, totally randomly. Oh, I wow. was walking his dog and I said, can I can I talk to your dog? You know, because I do that. And, um, and then we just kind of struck up a conversation because we both looked like we played rock and roll and I hadn't heard of his band. He hadn't heard of my band. And then it turned out our bands were playing together in Belgium. That's really... <laughs> and that, that was funny. And that guy, no problems with that guy. Yeah, but yeah. The, full story, the full circle part is he's in Buck Cherry now. <sighs> that guy's in Buck Cherry. Billy. Billy. I don't remember his name. But he was in this like late period, like late Hollywood glam band called Jet Boy. Oh yeah, I think I think I yeah I remember that name. Yeah, <laughs> he was I think the guy that was responsible for the songs and stuff, and he was really nice. But um, yeah, he's I, I, I love. He's by the way, living. I love the guy that was responsible for the songs is a great way to describe a band like that. <laughs> that was such, as if you're trying to find culpability. <laughs> credited with the songs he's, he's responsible he's, for everything that they've brought somebody's gonna be responsible for this <laughs> yeah well he's not responsible for the songs in buck cherry so again i'll give him credit for being the not douche one <laughs> that's pretty great so okay uh so fantastic uh, t- so tell me about when you when you go to so when you go to record so there's a good reaction to it um it works people respond to it and then you're like, hey, let's let's record, let's make a record, let's make a record of these of these songs, like let's record this. Yeah, stuff. that's pretty much how that worked. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and that became uh, running through my bones. So I, I love that record. Can you uh, 
can you like tell the, well we had a, we made a single for there's it a was, single it was the same kind of thing where like you know we uh we felt good about that recording and honestly like i still think it's the best sounding record that we did it, it wasn't so like kind of distorted and like trying too hard to put so many notes all over the place you know like it it, it was a little more organic and i really like the guitar sounds but um yeah people like they, they so anyway yes that that was the idea because like in a place like olympia which was a blessing and a curse um it was a blessing in that like any band worth half a shit is gonna put out a record because there are two like very well-known labels that resided in olympia k and kill rock stars and then about a hundred not well-known ones yes and um you know we we did one of those and um and it, it did like i i thought it like you know it we needed to have a product we're gonna you know try to be a band and uh it, it worked out good and like yeah people reacted to that too i mean like everything looked everything was looking pretty rosy for the type rose for a minute but you know i definitely farted on that one but everyone in the band did to one degree or another <laughs> well it's just it's and again as i alluded to like i mean the record's still still a good record and it doesn't sound like a record that came out in 99 and, and well, i appreciate that it's like you know like i i tend to like kind of i don't know like part of how you make sense of things later is to go like well i don't want to be a precious about my gift to society you know what i mean it's like you know we're all we're all just like dicking around trying to like, here's my great statement world. I, you know, like I am going to party. That's my statement. (laughs) And I'm so like, when I look back on it, I'm like, yeah, you know, like I wish it hadn't been so one dimensional, but that's me. I overthink things, you know, and that's like a band that shouldn't be overthought. Well, yeah, it's a band that should be enjoyed, not, overthought about for sure yeah it's also i have this this theory that pretty much every band i've been in has been a you had to be there kind of band Mm. you know i'm glad you like the record and so like there's a record that's made for posterity that holds up but again you saw the band you know you were there so you've got those associations to make and i don't know how it comes off if you were never in the in the shows or or whatever to me it, it strikes me very much as a you had to be there kind of band one I appreciated, like I said, you play, because uh, at the time, I, I, I guess, I don't know if I just still went to all ages shows because I just liked it better because I didn't really care about drinking or if I wasn't 21 yet. But anyway, I saw you played in all ages plays. Yeah. And again, this is uh, Gilman, maybe. Like, I, maybe it was Gilman. A Gilman? Yeah. Was it Gilman? I don't remember playing Gilman, which is not to say it didn't happen. I, I mean, I definitely played Gilman in other bands. I don't remember the type of playing there, but I think you're right. I, I think, think it was. I think it was Gilman. I don't remember what tour it was on, but I just remember being like, and again, you got to realize this is like between rock and roll revivals. Like, it was not fashionable to be into like rock and roll at the time. I just remember you guys like brought the house down. Like it was, it was crazy. And you had like all these like crust punks that were like, all right, this is good. You know, I'll, I'll pop along you know, to this. It's <laughs> funny that you mentioned that, but it's true. I forgot that, that in, um, Minneapolis, the, the crustiest city in the world, yeah. even more than Portland. Um, that like, we, we absolutely had like, you know, Felix havoc himself, um, which for your listeners, like, you know, I mean, profane existence, the band destroy, like, Felix was sort of the like uh, 
I don't know. The, who, who's another person who's a kingpin of a scene? Yeah. Well, Calvin Johnson. Well, sure. That's, you know, yeah, you, you could go, you could go like a lot of different, different ways, but basically, yeah, a big fish in a small pond that is known to, I mean, I guess like a, um, Billy Childish, like, I don't know. Right. Like that, maybe that's right. a poor example. But... The Billy Childish, you know, if yeah. you will, of, you know, like the, the Minneapolis crust scene, which is huge. And, um, you know, they did this anarcho-punk thing, and I, I he for, straight up sent me a fax from uh, a fax from <laughs> a fax. Just what the was the record man. store called in Minneapolis? Oh, um, it was oh, like I, Eternal Noise or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I shouldn't. I should know this. It's been a time in it, but uh, um, it's probably still there. This is gonna wake me up in the middle of the night. Is what's gonna happen? It's gonna be like it's over, and it's gonna be like now I'm awake. We'll start. We'll do a new episode just on that story. But (laughs) he sent me a fax from there, like saying like how much he loved the Type Rose record. It sounded like Rose Tattoo, and um, you know this and that. Yeah, which was like that's the hipster way of saying you sound like (laughs) ACDs. Exactly. <laughs> that's coded, again, coded language again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's. But yeah, the, the, absolutely. We had like crust punk people that were that were all about our band, and I think it was that all ages show thing because we did exclusively all ages for a long time. Yeah, and then there's there's, which is, it's a choice, and it's more difficult than I think some people realize to do. Oh yeah, it's tough. Like especially places where it's like, it's amazing how many places just don't care about having an all-ages venue well who would care about that like i'm here to drink and it's like well yeah you know i remember that it we do it, actually we changed, <laughs> but it was also the like the level of fun changed too because i think after you do a few tours and you play only all-ages places yeah like we i i started to realize like that our rap about it wasn't true anymore our, our rap about it that was sort of like well, you know, you play bars and there's like drunk people and if there's a band playing, okay, cool, but you know, they're there to drink. And then like at the all ages shows, you get all these kids that are really psyched about music and stuff. And slowly that actually became the reverse. It was for that for our band anyway. You know, it's like if we'd play like emos or something in Austin, the whole place would go ape shit. Yeah. And um if you'd play an all ages show it was just like like the Romulan haircut, like backpack people, like not reacting at all. It, it became like the all ages shows were really like reserved, you know, like that, that was not where people went ape shit. Yeah. And it's, it's weird how it cycles like that too. And yeah. And it, and it was like, we were slow to pick up on it or maybe some people in the band were quicker than others to pick up on it. It was like, we got to start playing bars. Our kind of music is, is made for bars. It doesn't mean we're not going to play the all ages shows. We'll be back. We'll play an all ages show. Yeah. You know, we turned down a tour with motorhead because of the same, like tell your face was my face. I was the only one who voted in favor. Well, the drummer, but he didn't really get a vote. I, I, Wow. Okay. I know. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about it. It's like even Jared, even our beloved Gerald Warren. Yeah. He, Your friend you know, like I remember Carp had toured with Beck, you know, so like yeah. he was like, it's not great. It's not all it's cracked up to be going on these big tours. And I was sort of like, you don't understand. I don't care that it's a big tour. I don't care that it's big venues. I want to see Motorhead every night. Motorhead. Well, so, I mean, and not it's to mention the of having been on tour with Motorhead. We were invited by Nashville Pussy because they, they liked us a lot. 
And, um, you know, despite the fact that I really wanted to do it, we just said no to everything they ever offered us, which was a lot. But again, like, do I want to be that guy who's like 40 on a bar still going, yeah, kid, I almost toured with Motorhead, you know, like talking about shit you almost did, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I read it, ugly things for that story. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Though. I mean, Nashville Pussy would be like, you know, yeah, th- that would be that would have been a great for your band. Like their crowd would have like become your crowd, and that would have been great. Absolutely, for your band. I thought we would have been. A, I mean, on a you know the best rosiest way to look at it is like we would have been a revelation to that crowd. Yes, because because these are people that are ostensibly into rock and roll. Yeah, and, and and maybe they're like. I mean, I just felt like we had enough hash appeal that we could do it. Absolutely, know? yeah. But then again, with Motorhead, a that's different level. B, it's Motorhead. Exactly. It's Motorhead. It's like, we're not going to tour with ACDC, but, you know, Motorhead, though. I mean, goddamn, man. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I, I, I was shaking my head. I was completely lost. Like, the, the whole band voted me down on that one. Wow. That's 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 a lot. So so what 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 year was that? Was it what era of, of Type oh, Rose? Okay, well, the drummer who we didn't give a vote was most definitely the first drummer, so... Um, that would have been about 1998. Okay. So that's pretty early on. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's what, oh no, 99, I guess. Cause, cause, um, running through my bones was out. And I remember, um, do you remember the store or folk Jokopus in, uh, Minneapolis? No, that was just one of those weird indie record stores. And, okay. um, a friend that I had there told me that like she had, I'd sent her a, a CD to work and she put it in the player and Blaine and uh, Corey. No, no, no. Who's the guitar player in Nashville Pussy? Not Corey. Corey was the big, tall bass player. Oh. Uh, she was super cool, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God. I'm going to get comments. But uh, I feel terrible. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> no, that, that's it. That's what, because I just, I, right now, my, my brain is, I can't brain today. Yeah. Um, they, they heard the record and they came running up to the front. They're like, who the fuck is this? And they were super into it. But sure enough, like right after that, I started hearing from them or our, our manager. And we started hearing from them. Um, and they always had some offer for us to do something fun. And the whole band pissed on it every time. <laughs> we played one show with them. We played at the Troubadour in L.A. with, with them. Man, that's that's uh, was it like a principled stand or something? They're like no fire breathing. Yeah, I have to like, say what, so. Um, or just like, I think the main thing was not playing shows that were going to cost twenty bucks and have an age limit like okay. that. Yeah. That was the like part that part of it. And then like the showbiz like Hollywood thing was part of it. Yeah. And then in a smaller way, it was sort of like. Eh, you know, Confederate flag, fuzzy dice bullshit. You know? Yeah, fuzzy dice. Yeah, they're they're definitely a fuzzy dice band for sure. <laughs> well, and Confederate flag too. I didn't like that. Didn't I, I forgot I about it that? Bothered me in their case. I just figured that was their problem. That association with, uh, you know, they're they're from Georgia. I'm not gonna, you know, what yeah. what what opinion do I have to like? bother them about what they feel about the South. You know, I don't, I know they're not racist. Um, and I know people feel strongly about the Confederate flag and they have their own reasons, but if they're from the South 
and they want to rep that and they want to deal with all the bullshit from it. Yeah. That's on them. And that's a life decision to be sure. But, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I, you know, it's still by the same token, you know, that, that would, that would, Again, you could you could have could have blown the doors off that audience, and that would have been kind of maybe cool. maybe we'd have a really bad night. I don't know. I know that one. <laughs> Lemmy wasn't that show, and there was a uh, like a Sean loves to bring this up that um, we I was standing next to Lemmy um, at the side of the stage when Nashville Pussy was playing, and Sean and Jared were on the other side of the stage watching me standing next to Lemmy being three sheets to the wind and, and um, going like, oh, keep watching, Quinny. This is going to be good. You know, this is going to be good. And the next time they looked over, I had my arm around Le- Lemmy and I was like, you know, whispering in his ear, which was true. <laughs> I just, I was like, oh, oh, must speak to Lemmy. Must, must mean... have a conversation. Look. It's like I remember, like I asked him something I knew the answer to, just to like start talking to him. It yeah. was like, why are shows in Hollywood like all dead like this? You know, it was like, you know, whether or not you like Nashville Pussy, and I was never really a fan. That was a kick-ass, it's a raucous live act. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, the guitar player whose name I can't remember. She's a fireball man. That was great. Yeah, I mean, it was a show, right? Like in the yes. in the in the classic sense of the term, and and, and it's. But sometimes that just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the right people don't sign on to it. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. But it was, you know, like, and, and that's L.A. too. Like, I mean, like, it might not be uh, people bouncing off the walls. You're going to have to go to Santa Monica or something if you want to do yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, can, you can find you can find uh, someplace down the way that it'll, it'll be like more what you think it is. Yeah, but... actually, there is a place where the, the all ages shows were better than the bars, I guess. In L.A. Did you ever play at the Smell? Oh, yes. That was like <laughs> that, dumb question. I know. Yeah, that was like Replicator's second home for sure. Like that's yeah. Well, what I liked about the smell more than anything, and they're still around actually. But like, uh, not like how it used to be. But they would just, they would. I mean this as a compliment. They would just let anything happen there. Meaning you could like have any kind of bill you wanted, and it would didn't. It could just be like, hey, none of these bands sound anything like each other, but we all like each other's music, so we're just gonna have a right. show and and it was great and like it seemed like it always would work or not all i shouldn't say always but like the sheer lawlessness of like nobody gives a shit about this area of town so that you could just do whatever yeah there was something you to be said because the smell moved right it moved to downtown after a while yeah and it's uh and now that area is getting super bougie and uh like there's a <laughs> uh we play there no, actually, wait, wait, no, I, I take that back. We didn't play there. Uh, we, Tony, Tony and I were recording, and, and we Nocturnal Habits played there. So we saw Sarah and Justin uh, play, and I was like, oh, I'm hungry. And I was, I was like, tell Tony, oh, there's not a whole lot to eat around here. And then we go around the corner, and there's like an artisanal pizza place. I'm like, oh, well, this neighborhood's changed quite a bit since, yeah. <laughs> since I used to play here a lot. But, yeah, there was no artisanal anything except for maybe crack. What about the PCH club? Was that before your time? Uh, that's a li- I know of it. That was a little bit before my time. Yeah. But that, that place was like, that was way off in the middle of nowhere. I mean, Oh I yeah. 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 I, I knew it. I, I think it or somewhere, but it was in some like, like distant, like by oil refineries. Yeah. And um, Coos cafe and, and was like, still go- was like, going. It was completely desolate yet claimed by Mexican gangs. You know, it was yeah. just not a place. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and it was like literally a hole in the wall. In my memory, you had to climb through a hole in a wall to get there, but I don't think that's how it was. I think there was a door. But but that place like had some wild fucking shows there. Well, and it's and then there was that whole time period for a couple years where all the bands would go play Tijuana too, and it was sort of like, yeah, that that was a thing that everyone was allowed to do, I guess, or just nobody realized or whatever. Where there was that kind of San Diego TJ crossover. Um. Anyway, yeah, shows, man, it's crazy. But like, uh, Type Rose. So tell me about that second record because I like the second record a lot too. I think that that's that that's an underrated record. Well, I remember that being one of those records. Like, I, I worked at a record label at the time. I worked at K. And it was like I'd see sometimes, like, a band making a record and not being real focused. They're like, oh, God, I guess we got to write some songs. And <laughs> it was a little like that. Like, we're, like, a, you know, like, probably a little less than half of the songs were like, oh, I guess we got to write some songs. Okay, 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 we'll write some songs. And so, like, that to me is sort of like why that, I really, this is me, you know, and, and I was really distracted at the time too. I was having some really crazy personal problems, but um, that, that pitches in in its own way. Um, but it, it didn't have a lot of focus, but, but I do think that, you know, when I, I, I wanted it not to be so one dimensional <clears throat> and we got it there a little bit because we weren't so much like just focused on making wild rock and roll. We decided we also wanted to be interesting, which is usually the death knell for a band like us, but, <laughs> and it may have been, but um, you know, like we, we started having uh, like, you know, like slightly more experimental ideas and, and um, you know, like letting a little like jazz in, recording some things backwards, you know, shit like that. Um, and I think we did like a couple of covers and I, our animals cover I thought was kind of substandard, you know, it's like a, that I, I like, it's like a lot of second records in that, like, I like about half the songs better than the first record than the other half I think is just really unfocused. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that like, you know, bring your thunder. That's a great tune. You know, what's that? Bring your thunder. That's a great tune. That's, that's really a pretty... you like that one. Yeah. I remember, like, I, I wrote the music to that one, and I was really disappointed how it turned out. Okay, well, yeah, maybe. It's a, but it's like, see again, and it's like I feel this way about the songs that, like, you know, the way that we used to operate was sort of like, um, we sort of like took Dave's cue. Like, when I learned to be in a band with Dave, I had to learn to write like Dave, and how that was is you bring a complete piece of music to the band and you've got like the whole thing written, yeah. but you have no idea what the vocals are going to be. Right. And <laughs> it's just really weird because later on I learned how to write songs like a normal person, you know, and right, like right. write a song, you know, yeah, <laughs> not a piece of music that you like hand to the singer and say, do something, you know, but um, that, that song that, that you just, and bring your thunder that was one where i was like god i could have left some space that's a good example of like <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of space in that song yeah no it's just furious and there are like you know in behead the prophet too which was the band i was in before that i remember once writing a song where like almost the whole goal was to write a song so crazy that i could barely fucking play it and that was gonna work on the tight bros i could do that in a band where i play bass you yeah know? yeah 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 that's um 
yeah, that, that, that's a thing where you go, you go back and like, what on earth was was I thinking? What? Why did I think that was well, a good yeah. idea? Right? <laughs> I know at least, but I I knew what I was thinking. Like you know, the head the prophet. Like the whole name of the game was to make a sketchy racket, but um, the typewriter should have had a little more space in it. Sorry, I know I'm like a little less like uh, rose colored glasses about that band because that's a so what might have been type band, you know. Well, a hundred percent, and 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 timing is everything too, and, and like I think that. I think there might have been greater stakes to stick with it and carry on if it even been like a couple years later. Like it was almost it was because it wasn't like a huge length of time, but like then it was like oh everybody loves rock and roll again now suddenly as opposed yeah, to all of us yeah, that big time. continue to do it. But I mean like bands are coming out of the woodwork. Hey, you know what we do like we like rock and roll. I'm like well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, man. This rock and roll. It was all fuzzy dice to me. I found all that really disappointing. And it was always like when we would get offered tours and stuff, it would be yeah. like it would be either like fuzzy dice or it would be metal. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, and it's like the metal people probably appreciate the intensity. You know. Yeah. And and the fuzzy dice. You did okay folks. with them, but really like, you know, we were a punk band and we and it was punkers who got us. Yeah. You know? And it's like anything can be overthought we definitely overthought it it was a what might have been thing but at the same time like i'm kind of glad in a way that we didn't like graduate up a level or something because i don't think it would have been very good for me to like kind of live in that headspace like you like you're talking about like health wise like mental health and mental and physical health wise yeah, yeah. it was like when when I, my little like thumbnail thing that I give people that ask me why I you know people who aren't from rock and roll that like ask me why I switched gears and it's always like uh I like I had to live in my emotions all the time you know like I don't like that's just me I mean I don't think like if you're gonna be in a band that's like a crazy punk rock and roll band you don't have to live in your emotions but that's like that's me though like I like if I'm going to play music and be primarily concerned with making music, I'm going to be like living in my emotions and living in my ego. And um, those are just not things I care to do. I, you know, like I needed to, as you can see from these fabulous books behind me, <laughs> I, said, I want to live a life of the mind now. Well, but I, I did need to engage that a little more, a little more mind, a little more heart and yeah. a little less ego. It's such, but it's it's such a transition, you know. And and, and we should talk about nudity a little bit. Um, of course, the band. Uh, <laughs> was it kind of like you're trying to get away from from that from that world a little bit, just and like musically, like just try something different? Like what what was what was well, the... no like nudity is entirely like Dave's vision, yeah, that, which is kind of for me was a little bit of the problem with, with it. Like no, no disrespect to Dave. He's my boy, but yeah. Um, no, I joined nudity like when it was already going and um, he had this so, sort of like um, Hawkwind meets Motorik, you know, like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and that was, you know, this vision that he had and I was doing totally other stuff. I, I was just like, I didn't have organizational skills. So like I, I tried to totally like start from scratch and like I had country bands and I had like some like 
uh, like bands that were more like a like big star flame and groovies kind of thing. Like that was about like songs. I did. I learned to write songs and I was feeling really good about that, but I couldn't make anything happen. And mm, the, yeah. the other people that I was like playing with, like they had really bad personal problems, drugs and stuff. And um, Dave uh, asked me to join nudity and I, I wasn't, I didn't, so much like feel part of that vision but it was important for me to play with dave again yeah and he was definitely going to get some shit done you know and, and um so like they were going to tour and he was, he was the mccartney of, of that of that uh, particular outfit and and then some <laughs> what's that i'm sorry he was the mccartney of that particular outfit and then some well yes and no i mean like if I thought he was like bringing the like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he was the he was the one who had the vision. But right. when I was brought into the band, it was sort of sold to me like, no, 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 this is a band. We all like are, are going to write and we're all going to sing and you know, blah blah blah. And um, I, I suppose if I'd been willing to fight for that space, then it could have been that way. But I didn't think that was really what was happening. That was just going to be Dave's band, and that's fine. But it, that's not what I thought was going on. And so, like, that was part of why, I, like, just, like, eh, I need to do something totally else because I don't have the energy to fight for my space in a band anymore. Yeah, I'm 40. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. But the nudity's still going, you know? And yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's... It, it's, you know, people... It's been the same band for a while, but it's, you know, whoever rotates around Dave. It wasn't intended that way, I don't think. But by Dave, it probably was, I guess. But... Um, that, that was, I never felt like nudity was my band. I'm, I'm not like, I don't have like a claim on the, their legacy. I, I poured everything I had into exactly one song. <laughs> and I, you know, when I was in the band, all I wanted to do was record. All Dave wanted to do was tour. And at least we <laughs> recorded my song and we put it on a record. And like, you know, you it's go. a 10 minute long song that like I fucking wrote and arranged every note of it. And then I felt good. And I was like, okay, I can leave that band happy. <laughs> do you think that, um, like, like, do you, do you miss it at all? Like, do, do you miss like aspects of, I mean, I think you went on record. Very much actually. Yeah. I, yeah. I miss it a lot right now. Cause I'm not playing music at all. And, um, you know, my sweetie would be the first to tell you that the signs of the strain is showing, you know, the cracks are showing Yeah. that, uh, you know, like even when I wasn't in bands, you know, like before I'd still play music, you know, I'd still like write songs and I'd still like sing old songs for sheer pleasure. And, and like, I haven't been doing that. And it's like, yeah, I miss it a lot actually. And I'm, I'm not really, Sure. I mean, like, you know, if I want to play by myself, that's up to me, but I'm not sure what ultimately I want to happen with music because I'm pretty sure it needs to come out of me. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't go away, right? Like if you... Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. And I never I never really thought it was going to be like one of those dudes that, that was sort of like the music's in me, man, and it got, it got to come out. Yeah. It's true. It doesn't mean anyone has to like buy what i'm selling but it's like it's true i gotta get it out yeah well yeah i mean it's it's there's the people sometimes people confuse effort with results and uh you know effort and results aren't always the same thing so no but it's like you know like i felt like like i said like when i started like 
I learned how to like write songs and I felt really good about it, but I couldn't make anything happen. Yeah. And that was less gratifying than ever. Yeah. That's harsh. That's it. Well, a... yeah, but it was like, you know, just like there was a skill set I didn't have. And it was always the rub in the type rows and every other band I was in that like, you know, I still like when I hear those records, I'm like, man, I didn't have a good guitar sound because I never, it didn't occur to me till later, like what getting a good tone is about stuff, you know, like I just wanted to play the music. That was more important than all the rest of it is the, is the, yeah. And it's like, isn't that what a a producer's for? And it turns out, well, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If the producer is like, you know, Roy Thomas Baker or something, (laughs) but like, you know, we have a week to make a record and no, that's not what the producer's for. We have to get the right sounds and then proceed. Yeah. J- Jennifer Finch from L7 has a great Roy Don Baker story. What'd she say? She, uh, she has a great uh, Roy Don Baker story that uh, was, I, I could not possibly do justice, but uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty left field and entertaining. Uh, Quiddy, this has been awesome, man. Thanks so much for doing it. This this is this has been great. Thank fun. you so much for having me. I'm really sorry about the the um, technological problems. It's like struggling to hear you the whole time, but I. But we're having a conversation. We're having discourse. We're having intercourse in a social way. <laughs> uh, yeah, n- nothing to apologize for. It's it's a pleasure, and I'm glad I'm glad to have you on to talk about all the music. And like I said, I think that uh, you know you're one of the folks that in the movie that's about no band, but about every band. Uh, I I I think your parts are in it in it are very notable and and awesome. And I thank you so much. I, and I love getting. I really appreciate it. And that's good. The, the podcast is is great. I'm going to dig up some of these old episodes because you've got a fascinating uh, track record at this point. There's a lot of them. Let me let me warn you. But uh, <laughs> last last thing, uh, can question, the only can question I ever ask anyone, choose to interpret it however you like, but why do you do what you do? Wait, that must have been a very private question because you said it really quiet. Oh, but... why do you do what you do? <laughs> <laughs> what I do now? Uh, you can choose to interpret it however you like. Sorry. Oh, it's, I like that. I, I, it um, sounds cooler when I say it really quietly, but I realize it's a sound problem. <laughs> why do you do what you do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, you know what? Somebody asked me a long time ago what I thought my uh, role in the world was. And, and, uh, and I said, music, it's music, you know. But um, as time went on, I realized it, it's a little more broader than that. My role in the world and the reason I do what I do is to bring comfort to others. And that's where I'm at. It's like, I, 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 I feel more comfortable myself, really douchey, but it's like, you know, it, it's true. I want, I want to bring comfort to the afflicted, <laughs> but it's, it sounds dumb, but it's, that's real. That's, that's where I'm at. I, I want to comfort other people. I think there's there's nothing weird about that at all. I think that's fantastic. And uh, this is a hell of a time for the audio to cut out. I can't hear you anymore. <laughs> what does that mean? I, I was just giving you a compliment too. I was. <laughs> Conan, you're gonna have to let me go, man. I can't hear you. <laughs> all right, brother. Take care. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being on. All right, take care, care, my dude. (laughs) There he goes. Oh, there goes Quiddy. What an awesome dude. Uh, 
love that guy. That that was that was great. I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Freewheeling, to, to say the least. But I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, let's hear a song. Let's let's play it out. A promise. Tap bros from way back when. Oh man, that was great. I hope you guys enjoyed that. There's like a whole bunch of stuff we didn't get into, too. And uh, you know, whatever. It's off to come back. Uh, but that was Quitty, man. The one and only Quitty. Uh, great dude. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, you can go find Tap bros from way back when stuff on all the normal places that you would find bands. Not punctuated it correctly apparently on discogs <laughs> so i hear anyway that's oh, that's a word on the street yeah i'd like to thank Quiddy for coming on the show this has been code of neutrons protonic reversal thank you very much for listening to it
The show airs Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific on RadioNope.com. Also streaming Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, whatever I goddamn well feel like it, whenever I feel like it. Archives at ProtonicReversal.com. Always free, no ads, no sponsors, no kidding. If you like episodes of the show and want to get them sooner, patreon.com slash protonic reversal would be a good way to accomplish that goal. Mr. And Mrs. America, all the ships at sea. $1 a month. Thanks, folks, for liking the show on the internet and in reality and uh, sharing the episodes around. All that helps. Helps people discover the show, writing reviews, Subscribing, Twitch, YouTube, all the things. Uh, yeah, it, it, it matters, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Lots of great stuff coming up. Stay tuned. Episode 281, huh? All right. All right. This microphone turns sound into electricity. Stay safe out there. Stuff's crazy. Can you hear me now? And take Out it easy. Route 128, dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the... It's the end of radio! The last announcer! 
plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? It's the end of radio as we come to the close of our broadcast day. This is a real goddamn!